Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Man, I am so, so pumped about this message today. Before we jump in, I wanna welcome a really special group of people today. Um, I, I have an amazing uh, couple that I am friends with. I actually get to serve on their board at their church. It's called Impact City Church. It's out, outside of Columbus, Ohio. It's in Pataskala, to be really specific. And uh, just an amazing church, an amazing uh, couple that pastor that church, Justin and Mindy Ross. And uh, they invited me to be a virtual guest speaker this weekend. And I was already scheduled to preach at BC. And so we put our heads together and we said, let's do the next best thing. And let's join our churches together for kind of an online worship experience for everybody. And so I wanna welcome all of our Impact City family in the comments, in the chat, wherever you are. Can you let them know how excited we are that they're with us? Uh, Pastor Justin and Mindy, I love you guys. I'm so blown away in the first seven years of your church, what you have done and the way God's used you. And I just have no doubt you're just getting started. So it is an honor to come into your homes and your living rooms. And I love you, Impact City. I love you, Believers Church. And hey, there's really only one church. It's the Church of Jesus Christ. So today we get to experience a small glimpse, maybe a sliver of what heaven looks like. And so I am honored to bring this message to you in this series that we are calling Church in the Wild. And I love this series. I can honestly say anytime we preach a message, the, the goal would be that we would have already lived this message out in our everyday lives, that we would have already processed the implications of what we're preaching and, and asked God, how should this look? And, and really this should just be an overflow of something that God's already been doing in our lives and in our church. And, and this message has for sure seen that happen. And um, really this was birthed in my heart probably about six months ago. And um, I was just just looking at the early accounts of the church, especially in the book of Acts. And, and I was just starting to get hungry for seeing that happen again in my lifetime, seeing that happen again right here in present day, America especially. And I would have these conversations with my friends and with my family. Some of my buddies like Pastor Jeff Travis, who's watching right now, shout out Pastor Jeff. Congratulations to you guys. I know you just got to adopt your beautiful young daughter, day number two, we're so excited for you. And every time I would talk to my friends and my family and, and I would just start talking about all of the amazing things God would do to move in the early church, it would just get me hungry to see that happen again in the here and now. And I would never say that God made this crisis happen. I don't believe that. But I do believe that God is using this crisis to awaken his church. And I believe that God is doing some things now that we've been praying for for a long time. I think the church is waking up. And I don't, I don't always say this, but I just believe this. I believe that today, this is a right now word. Like I think God has something to say to each and every one of us, but especially as the church. So wherever you're watching from, whatever church you're a part of, I pray this would stir up a passion in you to return to the roots of the church, which was to be a church in the wild. When I, when I look, as a matter of fact, at the early church in the book of Acts, what, what always stands out to me is how wild and crazy this adventure was of following Jesus. And what's crazy to me is they were very ordinary people, but they were doing these extraordinary things. There were these miracles that were happening left and right. God was just moving and they had to take a risk to follow Jesus. As a matter of fact, in those days, it wasn't even called the church yet. That, that word comes from Germanic roots and it takes a few hundred more years before that even shows up in the history books. At that time, they were called the way. 
And if you were gonna choose to follow Jesus in this movement called the way, at the very least, you were signing up for some persecution. At the very least, you were signing up for some rifts in your family. Maybe your, your mom or your dad wouldn't speak to you anymore. Maybe it would even affect your pocketbook. Maybe people wouldn't come to your business and buy goods from you anymore. That was at the very least. But most of them experienced incredible persecution. Most of them were beaten and flogged and imprisoned. And it's, it's crazy to look at some of the people who started the early church, some of the first disciples, so many of them were killed for the sake of following Jesus. But none of them stopped coming. None of them gave up. Whenever they would experience opposition, actually, it would make them work harder. They would just get more innovative. They, they would get more creative about how they could spread the message of the gospel. It was a wild, crazy adventure. But I gotta be honest, when I look at my life and I compare it to the life of the early church, when I look at Believer's Church or when I look at the church as a whole, and I compare it to the Acts chapter two church, there is a pretty big gap between the two. There's a pretty big disparity between what they looked like and what we look like. And, and the question we have to ask is why? Like what's missing? Because the church was never meant to be confined to the walls where we gather in some building somewhere. The church was always designed by Jesus to be a church in the wild. It was meant to seep into every sector of society. It was, it was meant to take what happened in here and let it flood the streets and flood our workplaces and flood our families. God wants to do something, I believe, again, in the same way he did in Acts chapter two. It's gonna be a church in the wild. But when I compare myself to the early church, they loved risk and I have to be honest, I'm just telling on myself a little bit, sometimes I'm kind of risk averse. And everything about their life screamed discomfort. They were kind of comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think the church today, we love our comforts, don't we? We love the familiarity and the convenience factor of, of church. It's often very me-centric. We don't mean to make it that way, but it's just easy for that to happen. It's easy to slide over to that point of view. For sure, in my life, it doesn't always look like a great adventure. Some days it does, but most days it doesn't. So I wanna ask the question, what is missing? Because we were made to be a church in the wild. As a matter of fact, the church got started with a wildfire. Do you ever think about this? The, the disciples have spent three years with Jesus and he has turned the world upside down. He's literally split history, divided it, and now he has died on the cross, resurrected, and now he has risen again and ascended into heaven. And he, he makes a pretty bold statement. He says, it's actually better for me that I go than I stay because I'm sending a helper and his name is the Holy Spirit. And shout out Pastor Joe. He's gonna be preaching next week about the Holy Spirit and how he works in our life. It's gonna be an incredible message. But do you remember what happened? If you're familiar with the story, they're waiting in this upper room and the Holy Spirit comes rushing in. The Bible says it was like a mighty wind came rushing into the room. And not only was there wind, but there was fire. I can't even fully wrap my mind around what this looks like, but it says it was like tongues of fire that sat over their heads and they all began to speak other languages. And it was so intentional because God wanted to spread the message of the gospel all over the world. And guess what? There just so happened to be hundreds and thousands of Jews that were gathered in Jerusalem that spoke different languages. And in that one moment, the church went from a very small group of people to thousands of people. 
And I don't know about you, but anytime I see rushing wind and fire come together, it spreads. This is how the church got its start. It started with a wildfire. But somewhere along the way, if we're not careful, we can miss out on what God made us for to be a church in the wild. And we can make it about so many other things. And I just wanna take a few minutes today and I wanna talk about what would it look like if we returned to be the church in the wild that Jesus made us to be. We are facing so many unique problems and circumstances. It really is an unprecedented time, but I believe God wants to do some unprecedented things. I believe God could once again use some very ordinary people, myself included, to do some extraordinary things to make the message of Jesus spread like wildfire all over America and all over the world. This is our moment. And so I wanna take a look at three characteristics of a church in the wild. Three things that a church in the wild was made for. Are you ready? We're gonna jump right in. Here's the first one. A church in the wild knows this, we were made for more. We were made for more. Maybe another way to say it is we were born to be wild. How about real quick, just wherever you are, at your house, in, in the car, on the couch, just why don't you just type that in the comments. Just say it to the person next to you, say, I was born to be wild. Maybe say it with a little crazy look in your eyes, say, I was born to be wild. Kids, why don't you just look at your parents and just growl at them a little bit, ah, don't, I shouldn't have said that. Don't do that, kids. That was, that was not good advice from Mr. Joe. But we were born to be wild. God made us with such a purpose and a plan. He made us with responsibilities. You can see this in the story of Adam and Eve, the very first humans. It doesn't take long after God makes Adam and Eve. He says, I'm giving you dominion. In other words, he says, I'm telling you to take charge, take authority. If you see a problem, you're the answer. You're the solution. And it didn't take long for the devil to come and try to diminish their impact. He loves to do this. Satan loves to come and try to get us to settle for something less than what we were made for. We were made for more, but Satan wants us to settle for less. He did it with Adam and Eve and he wants to do it with us. So he gets them to go from this place of dominion and he domesticates them. He gets them from where they were born to be wild and he domesticates them. Have you ever seen a wild animal that's been domesticated? It's kind of sad, isn't it? Like, especially like beasts of prey, like a lion or a tiger. I mean, they were made to be like the top of the food chain, the king of the jungle. And when you see them in a 20 foot by 20 foot cage, it just doesn't feel right. And they might look like a lion and they might sound like a lion, but they lose the fire in their eyes, don't they? They were made for so much more. They were born to be wild, but here they are domesticated. And here's the sad thing. A wild animal will never become in captivity what it was made to become in the wild. And so they have their meals brought to them every day. They live a very safe, sedentary life. They're just kind of wasting away, just a shadow, just a shell of what they were made to be because they've been domesticated. And I wonder, just a question, I know this is true in my life. I wonder how many of us are caging in our Christianity. And maybe we look like a Christian. Maybe we even sound like a Christian. Maybe we know the right Christian songs and we're subscribed to the right Christian podcasts. Maybe we have the right Christian t-shirts, but we've lost the fire in our eyes. We've just become domesticated. We like the house more than we like the wild. 
God's house is a great place to be. I grew up in church. My parents used to ground us by telling us we couldn't go to our student ministry. That's how much I loved church. Parents wouldn't recommend that, but it worked on me. I love gatherings. Hebrews 10, 24 says, don't stop gathering. Obviously we're being creative right now and being innovative during a difficult time. That will never go away, but it is so easy to make the church about the gatherings and miss out on the wild world outside of our door. And then what starts to happen is we play, we play it safe and we live these sedentary lives and our pastor spoon feeds us the word of God, but we don't have to work for it. We don't know who we are. We were made for so much more. What, We've been domesticated. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Joe preached a brilliant message and it was called Live Like Lou. I love this message. And if you haven't heard it, you should totally go back into the Steel Valley vault and uh, listen to it. But today I wanna give you another message. Don't live like Lulu. Now, Lulu is my cat. And uh, just because I like to start controversy, if you're a dog person, why don't you give me a thumbs up? If you're a cat person, give me the angry face. Just kidding. <laughs> Let's just see how many dog and cat people we have. Cat people, we're gonna pray for you at the end of the service. We know you need some prayer. But uh, Lulu is, she's a great cat. Honestly, I couldn't ask for a better cat. She does normal cat things. Like she sleeps about 23 hours a day. And the one half hour of the day that she's actually awake will be when we're trying to sleep. Anybody give me an amen on that one? Lulu gets water in her water bowl, but for some reason, Lulu doesn't like to drink the water out of her water bowl. She has to jump up on the table when we're not looking, get a cup, make eye contact with you and tip the cup over and drink that water. Cats are the worst, aren't they? I love cats, but they're the worst. But, but Lulu, what I love about Lulu is every now and then, that wild animal, that predator that's buried somewhere deep inside of her comes out. And, and so for a minute, usually in the spring, she'll end up like staring outside and she's just staring at all the birds flying around. And she does that weird thing that cats do when they wanna get their teeth around something, they go, ah, ah. I really regret that I just did that. But they do that weird noise. They get ready to pounce, they get positioned to attack. So every now and then I just like to mess with Lulu and I just open up the sliding door and I say, go ahead, Lulu. It's yours, go get them. And this cat has been so domesticated and so loves the comfort we have created for her in our home that she will stand at the threshold of the door. There is a wild world just waiting outside of her window and she will not take 10 steps to go do what she was made to do. She's been domesticated. Don't live like Lulu because you were made for more. I was just doing some research and I stumbled across a pretty awesome picture and I think this might be like what some of us look like spiritually. Can you take a look at this? This is a, all you have to do to find this picture is just type into the Google machine, fat tiger. You're welcome. I know I just made some of your days. I saw somebody in a meme say, this is me going back to the gym after six weeks in quarantine, singing eye of the tiger. But if we're not careful, this is what we can become. This is such a hilarious picture of what so many Christ followers are. We're just kind of living safe, sedentary lives, domesticated when we should be living out the dominion God had for us. You were made for more. You know, I wonder if we do this with God sometimes. Remember, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Are we caging in the king of kings sometimes in our life? Are we turning the Holy Spirit into a house cat? 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I can take God in all of his bigness and I can try to shove him into the box of what I believe or what I don't believe. Maybe I try to shove him into the box of my buildings or whatever it is. Man, it's so easy to do. Speaking of lions, one of my favorite books growing up was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I love Chronicles of Narnia, anything Chronicles of Narnia. And there's this really powerful moment where Susan is about to meet this lion. It's Aslan, he represents Jesus. She's nervous and she tells the beaver, she says, I've never met a lion. And she asks him this question. She says, is he safe? And the beaver gives such a great answer. He says, of course he isn't safe. He's a lion, but he is good. He isn't safe, but he is good. Can I tell you something? Jesus didn't save us to play it safe. Jesus died to make us dangerous. And you wanna know the number one warning sign that you have, you have become in danger of being domesticated? It's when you start playing it safe. It's when you start liking your comfort more than you liking your calling and, and you just kind of pray safe prayers. I don't know about you, but I have prayed my fair share of those prayers lately. God, protect me, protect my family, protect my church. Those are okay prayers to pray. God is okay with that. He wants us to bring our problems to him and our fears to him. And I want you to play it safe. Wear masks and follow what the government's guidelines are. Those are good things. Be safe, but whatever you do, don't play it safe. Whatever you do, don't pray safe prayers because Jesus didn't save us so we could play it safe. He died to make us dangerous. I heard this one pastor ask this question. He said, I wonder how many of our angels yawn. You know, if you read through the Bible, we know that all of us have at least one guardian angel. Have you ever just thought about how bored they are sometimes? I bet my angel a few times a week is like, man, I wish Joe would just do something. I wish Joe would just get up off of the couch and just go start some trouble for the kingdom of hell. I just wish he would do something. Can, can you imagine like what the meeting's like when Gabriel has to go report back our activities? And God's like, Gabriel, what did, what did my people do in the world today? And, and Gabriel's like, well, they, they binge watched Tiger King. That was kind of wild. And uh, Joe ate three bags of potato chips in a row. So that was different. But uh, I mean, come on, do you think our angels ever yawn? I just pray that we would be the kind of church Impact City and Believer's Church, that we would live the kind of life where God has to send angel reinforcements because we're getting onto the, the devil's turf in his territory and hell is starting to get nervous and they're throwing everything they have at us. Come on, Jesus didn't, he didn't save us to play it safe. He died to make us dangerous. Here's the second thing the church in the wild was made for. We were made for this moment. Church in the wild was made for this moment. I wanna to read to you a scripture. This is, this is really powerful. I know sometimes one of the biggest struggles that Christians have is just discovering what their purpose is. And I just wanna tell you this, if you're new to God, if you're new in your relationship with him, God doesn't make anyone or anything without a purpose. And it's a purpose for a specific time and a specific task. God knew what he was doing when he made you and he puts you here for a reason in this time in history. Listen to Acts chapter 17, 26. From one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times in the boundaries of where they live. So in other words, before time began, God appointed that Joe Caminetti and Aaron and Joey and Riley would live in Howland, Ohio for such a time as this. 
God appointed that Justin and Mindy Ross would live in Pataskala, Ohio and make waves for the kingdom of heaven. He appointed that each and every one of us would live in the valley, would live in Columbus, wherever it is. You were made for this moment. Now, why? I wanna read on. Here's what it says in verse 27. He did this so that they might seek God and perhaps they might reach out to find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Time out. I think that might be worth the price of admission today. Could it be that God got you on this live stream just so you could hear that he's not far away, that he loves you, that he's got a plan for you. And I love that so that they might seek God. Something about a crisis makes us hungry to seek God in a way we would never seek him before. God's waiting to connect with you. You were made for this moment in time. We see this in the story of Esther. Remember, she's married to the most powerful man in the world at that time and her people are in danger of being wiped out, the Jewish people. But she finds herself in a position of prominence and she has the ability to do something about it. And Esther 4.14 says it this way, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. I don't want you to miss this because it it would be easy to think that, oh, if I don't do it, God will somehow make someone else do it. But listen to what happens next. He says, but if you don't do that, you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position. What's next for such a time as this? You were made for this moment in time. Joseph experienced the same thing. Remember Joseph, he could relate to us feeling stuck feel stuck in your home right now, feel stuck with your career, feel stuck with what's gonna happen next, all this uncertainty, Joseph, he could preach that sermon front front ways and back ways because he was stuck in a pit and then he was stuck and wrongfully accused in a prison for 10 years. But he just kept trusting God and he finds himself positioned in a palace during a national and actual world crisis, there was a famine that hit the whole known world at that time. And because Joseph was in the right place at the right time, God used him. He knew he was made for this moment. I'm watching this happen in our own congregation during a time that's a crisis and there's so much shortage and, and so much uncertainty. Uh, there's one couple that's, they're an amazing business owner uh, at the Boardman campus and they, they have software that's used for security systems and all this amazing technology. And, and I don't know what happened with this deal, but they had a deal with a national grocery chain just last week because they had a unique solution to the problem that they were experiencing. And whether they get that deal or not, can I tell you something? God will use them because they recognize that they were made for this moment. We see this with with our pastor. We have an amazing guy in our church who, uh, he he practices law and he's very close with people, uh, with the governor. And he's friends obviously with my dad because he's a part of BC Warren. And and we are now, and we, we did this when we started the shelter in place. And we're now doing this with the return to physical gatherings. We have the governor's ear. And we're positioned in a place where we can actually make recommendations and he's open to what we have to say. Listen, we were made for this moment. And I am convinced church that there are people that have ideas that are gonna solve problems. Who knows, maybe the solution to this virus could come from this very valley. Just somebody that just believes I'm a problem solver. I've been given dominion. I was made for this moment. I want you to see the most important point of all. Just like Joseph just like Esther were made for their moment, you were made for this one. And I want, you to, I want you to hear this. Esther wasn't made for your moment. 
As amazing as Joseph was, as amazing as Moses was, Moses wasn't made for this moment. And if Moses was, was here and now, Moses wouldn't have the things to say that you have to say. He wouldn't have the experience and the understanding of the culture and the world we live in. We, we tend to glorify them, but they were just people, just like us, just ordinary people that submitted and surrendered to God. I love, I love 1 Chronicles 12, 32. It says, from Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. I think there's gonna be some people that rise up in God's church in Pataskala, Ohio, in Warren, Ohio, in Boardman, Ohio, and they understand the times we're living in. They know we were made for this moment and they're gonna help us to know what to do one step at a time as they follow Jesus. You were made for this moment. We're rounding third here and heading home. Here's the, the third thing you need to know about a church in the wild. We were made for Mondays. Write that one down. We were made for Mondays. I'll say it again. I'm not thankful for the crisis and I don't believe God caused the crisis, but I'm thankful that it's making us return to what the church was designed to do in the first place, to experience God's presence on Sunday and let that come alive on Monday. And if I could just make a bold prediction, let me tell you this. I believe that right now what we see as a problem will one day in history be looked back upon as something that is an incredible solution. I just believe God is gonna do some really cool things. They're not just obstacles, they're opportunities. God wants to move and it's causing the church to pivot and to get creative and be innovative the way the early church always was. I'll give you a really great example of this. Uh, there's a platform called Church Online and it's created by Craig Rochelle's church. All of you know Craig Rochelle, he's been a guest speaker virtually here. And, and just in the last two weeks alone, they did a statistic, it was actually Easter weekend. All of the churches that are represented in their network that host Church Online, they pulled together the amount of salvations that they saw, decisions to follow Jesus and get this, they'll show you a graphic, 69,000 plus made a decision to follow Jesus on that one weekend. Can I just make a prediction? That the more that this virus spreads, the more this viral move of Christianity will spread with it. That the, the darker the night, the brighter the light. I just believe that. I heard another statistic. They said that 49% of all churches in America have experienced a 300% increase in their influence and their reach online than they had just six weeks ago. God's moving, he's working, he's doing something beneath the surface and behind the scenes. And if we recognize that we're made for Mondays, he's gonna do some incredible things. As we draw to a close, I wanna show you something. I found this a few years ago. And it's a pretty amazing picture of what God has always been doing. Sometimes we're so deep in it, we can't see the bigger picture. But this is a time-lapse from the beginning of this movement called Christianity all the way to present day. I want you to take a look at this.
Man, such a moving thing to watch. And uh, can I just point out the obvious, the, the people of the church in those moments where it looked like it was in danger of not only shrinking, but maybe dying. I'm sure there was a lot of negativity being spread around. I'm sure there was a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety, but God saw the bigger picture. And oftentimes when you look throughout history, just when it looks like the church is down for the count, that's right when God moves. That's right when God's people respond. I honestly think the devil can't win for trying. There's a great example of this in Acts chapter eight, verse one. It's a pretty dark moment for the church. Stephen, one of the early church leaders, he's preaching the gospel and they don't like what he's saying. And the religious people of that day, they ordered that he be killed, that he be stoned to death. They threw heavy rocks at him, a very painful way to go. But he loved people to the end. And you know who was there at, at the scene of the crime? It was this, this man named Saul. And he made it his mission to stamp out Christianity, to kill anybody that was a Jesus follower. And I wanna pick up and read here in Acts 8.1. This is the bad news. On that day, a great persecution broke out. It was an outbreak of persecution, if you will, against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And I have to imagine that Saul thought he won. I have to imagine the enemy thought he won. But guess what? Just one verse later, I want you to read what it says with me. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Can I tell you something? The devil cannot win for trying. And he thought he was scattering the church, but he was actually spreading the message further than it would have ever gone to begin with. Saul thought he was stopping the church, he was spreading it. In a world where we have a whole lot of fake news and a whole lot of bad news, can I give you a headline? Corona can't stop God's kingdom. God's kingdom is better than it's ever been. And God's gonna do some new things and you're gonna be a part of it. You were born to be wild. You were made for more. You were made for this moment and you were made for Mondays. So I want you to just have a prayerful moment in Pataskala here in Trumbull County, Mahoning County, wherever you're watching from, Western Pennsylvania, all over the country, have a moment between you and God and just listen to my words. I think it would be so easy when we're stuck in the middle to waste our waiting. We have this unique period in time where we have no clue how long we're gonna be kind of stuck in limbo. But one thing I know God wants us to do is not to sit down and binge watch all of Netflix and eat till we can't eat anymore. You can do some of that, God gets it. No, but what could you be doing right now to prepare for what God is gonna use you to do then? Better yet, what could you be doing right now? How would a church in the wild respond to this? This is an unreached mission field. Suddenly it is the easiest invitation ever to get someone to come to church. It's like a click of a button. So many barriers have been eliminated. Students, man, my heart goes out to you, especially the seniors. I know that is so tough, but can I just tell you something? I think when you look back on this someday, you are gonna be so thankful that you walked through this. And if you're a Christ follower, you have never had a better opportunity to share the gospel with the people in your school. This is not an obstacle, it's an opportunity. This doesn't have to just be a problem, it can be progress. 
God wants to move in your life. And if you're battling with anxiety right now or fear, listen, I'm not sure what tomorrow holds, but I am sure God holds tomorrow. He works all things together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Don't waste your waiting. You could be wild while you're waiting because there's a world outside our window that needs to know Jesus. Can you bow your heads with me? I wanna pray with you. I wanna just speak to a, a specific group of people today. Right now, you might be in your home in Pataskalo, Ohio. You might be somewhere in the Columbus outskirts. You might be in Youngstown or Austintown or Howland or Cortland or Poland, you name it. If you cannot remember a moment in your life, not where you decided you were gonna get to church or become a member, not where you decided to be baptized, those are all good things. But if you can't remember a moment in your life where you said, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I put you in the driver's seat. You're, you're calling the shots now. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. Everything you're going through, God wants to go through it with you. And you don't have to be perfect. You won't be perfect. But Jesus was a perfect savior and he never sinned. He knew no sin. And he took your sin and my sin on the cross and he paid the price for it once and for all. And now all we have to do is respond to that invitation. He says, if we believe in our heart and we say with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we'll be saved. And it begins the greatest adventure you will ever experience. And so if that's you, or maybe, just maybe there are some, I bet there are plenty who have be, you've become far from God. You've kind of drifted away and you don't know why, but tonight or this morning, you are sitting there and you are like, I know I need to respond. I wanna invite you to do that right now. Can you pray with me? Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice of your son. Thank you that he stood in the gap and he reconnected us with you. I'm sorry for my sins and everything that separated me from you, but I come running to you. I recognize you're the solution. You're the answer. And I give you my whole life, the good parts, the bad and the ugly. I give it all to you. And I thank you that you're gonna move in my life and speak to me, make yourself real to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.